Welcome to the Styano Plastic Surgery Podcast with plastic surgeon JJ Styano, the only plastic surgeon in the UK who owns a clinic specializing in breast and body contouring. Hello, seven o'clock. It's time. Uh, live Q&A. I've got uh, some questions preordained. If you have any questions, I've also, we're starting something here because I've got some photos. People have given me photos and they've allowed me to share them. So uh, we're starting something a little bit special here. Um, I'm going to have some photos, some visual clues. Uh, I'm guessing this obviously won't work as well on the podcast, but don't, don't, worry if you're if you're um listening on the podcast because i'll try and explain what the photo shows but anyway certainly for this bit it's going to be very excited and i think uh you'll be impressed um <laughs> so this is me jonathan stiano plastic surgeon and i am going to be doing a question and answer session with some questions from you answers from me that's the way around it goes and if you have any questions that you want me to answer straight up just go for it post it in the chat and i will definitely have a go at answering it the best to the best of my abilities um 703 and roxana is right in with a hello uh roxana you get the uh, first in prize thank you for that and uh, thank you very much for being first in and what I am going to do now, Roxana, at uh, this point. Oh, man. Oh, no. Oh, I just had an awful feeling. Oh, no. I've written all the questions in. Am I glitchy? Am I glitching? I've written all the questions in and I haven't saved it. Oh no. Woe is me. Oh, I was quite happy a minute ago. Can I log in onto oh dear oh dear. Dear oh dear oh dear. Oh man alive. Right, it's okay, I'm a professional. Right? I am a professional. And I'm gonna rise above this and I'm just gonna work with it. I'm gonna work through it and no one's even gonna know that something's happened here. Joyce, hello to you. Lovely to see you here this evening. I'm just going to work through this. I've loaded in my photos, but my questions. Okay, not a problem. This sets out the difference between the true pros, okay? A true pro, you wouldn't even know that something had gone wrong. An amateur would make a big deal of it, right? But a true pro, you wouldn't even know. So that's the difference. So no big deal. Um, so the first question that I've got, if you've got any questions, please post them here. But I have got some questions. And the first one, which was the first one? Um, <laughs> it's all right, just waiting for it to load up. It's not, not a big deal. Not a big deal. The first one, okay. As I say, if you do have any questions, feel free to post them. If you don't, I'll just go through the questions that I've got. First one being, how scars looking after brachioplasty? Oh, that was the photo one. Right, here we go. What's the big deal? Right, copy. Right. Paste. Okay, question number one. Is it there? How scars? So uh, I can show pics on live chat. How are they looking? Nearly two weeks post-op. I run water over them in the shower. Should I be using any other products? Aqueous cream? Question mark. So what we're going to do here? Is that is that is that showing? Is that showing the question? Not a problem. Not a problem. I'm flustered my job cool under pressure okay i don't it's fine right let's just throw that up there and let's just throw that up there 
What do you say about that? Okay. What do you say about that? These are the scars. Hmm. There's the scars there. Okay. Can you see them? You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to throw... Right. Throw that down. Get rid of a bit of that. Oh, no. We'll do it the other way around. Okay. So this is two weeks after a brachioplasty. Brachioplasty is an arm reduction. Actually, no, I wanted to show the other one first. Um, and uh, th these scars are good. These scars are good. Um, look at that. That's a really good scar. Two weeks after. This is not my surgery, by the way. Uh, full disclaimer, I didn't do this surgery. This is a patient who's had surgery elsewhere who's uh, asked me for an opinion on these scars. I don't think, I think, I think, um, I don't think you're worried about them, but uh, anyway, they are really good scars at two weeks. Now, you might look at this one. And, I mean, I didn't do this surgery, so I don't want to make too many comments about it and think, oh, it looks a bit puckered and a bit sort of um, rucked up. They always look a bit like this when you first have it done, especially on something like a brachioplasty, because the surgery involves. Um, making cutting skin out and so you're left with a sort of an ellipse of skin and you have to stitch it back and the the, the limbs of the lips of the, the ellipse of skin are longer than the the resulting scar i'm not sure if i'm making that clear but anyway you worry is a dog ear the worry with a with a brachioplasty and a lot of sort, sort of surgery uh the worry is a dog ear and in order to correct that dog ear we sort of sort of I sometimes call it pie crusting in. I think a lot of people call it pie crusting. It sounds terrible, pie crusting, but it looks rucked up like this. That's totally normal. And if you look here, and again, I'm I'm taking credit for something. This is totally not my surgery, so I'm not don't want to take credit for this. This is a patient who's had surgery elsewhere who's asked me a fit for opinion. But look at this lovely um, contour to the arm there, and no dog ear at all. Uh, no bump at the end of the scar. So that's really nice. So the scar looks a bit rucked up and a bit bumped up. But that is okay. That's better than having a dog ear, I would say. So totally normal to have it a bit rucked and bumped. Two weeks post-op, scars are always going to look a little bit shocking. Maybe not shocking, but a little bit, you know, rucked up and red and bumpy and bits and bobs here and there. But I think for two weeks, uh, that is absolutely fine. And I would be uh, very happy with that. And I think those scars look good. So thank you very much for letting me show you scars. And I think your scars look great. And the question was, get the questions up here. The question was, uh, uh, nearly two, I run water over them in the shower. Should I be using any other products? Query aqueous cream. Um, what I would say is, uh, this is something you really need to talk to your doctor about what you should be doing um, in terms of using products like uh, creams and things on scars because it's a personal thing. For me, I think at two weeks post-op, looking at those scars, how they look, I would say fine. They're, they're healed nicely in two weeks post-op. They're, they're healed well. Um, and I think it's actually fine to run water over them. Um, personally, I wouldn't be putting aqueous cream on them yet. I think they're still a bit fresh. I think there's a little bit of a scab in the middle of, um, of one of them. Um, you know, a little bit of a scab there in the, in the, in the middle bit. So um, I would say it's a bit early for, for putting cream on it. If, it, if you are, if, if, if you're my, well, you're not my patient. So you better do what your surgeon says um, because, you know, they're the ultimate, um, not ultimate uh, person to talk to um, uh, because they've done the surgery and it's up to them. Um, but in general terms, I tell people to um, start massaging the scar at six weeks personally just to let it all hit, heal together and knit together because i don't want to put too much tension on it before then but um yeah really good scars for me it's fine to shower and things but wouldn't massage them yet anna is in the house buonasera anna lovely to see you here this evening and i uh, hope you are well so that was photo number one stay tuned because we've got another photo coming up um later on in the show um so i know i know it's exciting i know it is try and try and you know try and pull yourself together now this i tell you what i'd love oh it's a crawler it's a crawler guys it's a crawler we got ourselves a crawler i didn't really want a crawler uh i wanted a title um why do i need four 
operations to remove a tattoo on my ankle. I wish, I mean, I have got a photo. I, I don't think we've asked this patient to share her photo. So I'm sorry that I can't show you this photo. It's, I think it's like a, a starfish or it's a, it's a, it's a star on, a, on an ankle. And it, in real terms, it's not a very big uh, tattoo. And I've said it'll take four operations to remove it. This is what we call um, serial excision. So when you have a tattoo that you can't remove in one go, you remove as much as you can, make it close it really tight, and then you come back three to six months later, and the skin has give has given the skin is uh, not as tight in three to six months time. So you can remove, remove a bit more, and then three to six months later, six months later, you do it, remove a bit more. It's called a serial excision, um, and it's just the location really. Um, I always say there's two things with tattoos. One is the location and two is the size so the size isn't bad for this one it's not huge it's, you know it's about oh, that big. um but the location is on the ankle and the ankle's not got much spare skin number one and number two two things for the ankle as well two things for the tattoo removal two things for the ankle uh, number one is the uh, fact that it moves the ankle moves so the wounds under constant tension so you've got to be a bit careful so if you close things tight and then someone goes and walks, it can sort of ping open. So you've got to be a bit careful when you operate near joints. And number two is the fact that the skin on the ankle is tight. There's not a huge amount of spare skin on the ankle. It's not a great, you know, higher up on the calf, on the thigh, there's a bit more spare skin, you know, buttock, abdomen, a bit more spare skin. Down there on the ankle, on the sort of lower part of the leg, um, it's it's just not much spare skin. So even if you a small thing, it's going to be really tight. So unfortunately, yeah, that's why, uh, what was the question? Why do I need four operations? That's why you need four operations because it's spare, not much spare skin uh, and it's not a great place and it's not going to be a great place for a scar, I've got to tell you. So some tattoos are favorable for excision. Um, some aren't. This one, you know, some just, it's just a total no. This one's not a total no, but it's not great. I've got to tell you what can be achieved. And if you think it all sounds like too much, then I would say, yeah, okay, well, you know, try laser or some other kind of treatment. But that is uh, unfortunately not a great place for a tattoo. So Amanda's in. Amanda's looking forward to look at that. That's what we need. Live booking. Well, maybe not live booking. Amanda, I am looking forward to you booking a consultation with me too. And uh, that sounds very exciting. So um, yeah, so I'll see you soon. Got any questions? I mean, we can talk about them in the consultation, obviously, but if you want to chip in, uh, feel free. But if you don't want to chip in, feel free to not chip in. Uh, chip or not chip. So I normally have all the questions all set up, but you know what? I did set them all up, but I think I didn't click save or I've done some schoolboy error because they're not here. But uh, I'm doing this. I'm hoping that you still see me when I'm doing this because I'm getting onto another page. But anyway, so what we got here is we got a question which says... Uh, if I have an, is this next one? Yeah. If I have an exchange of implants, it's the last thing you need the dog now, isn't it? Show. If I have an exchange of implants, does that mean I need a capsulectomy? So, no, it doesn't. It's a, it's a bit, always feel a bit bad when we, people ask for prices and we say from. I don't like that. Am I, am I stooping? Just stand up straight, stand up straight. Stand up straight, man. Get your posture sorted out. I feel like I'm stooping. It's a mic up. Um, no, you don't necessarily need an capsule. So yeah, I always feel bad when someone says, what's the price? And you say, oh, it's from, and they're like, oh, crikey, yeah, here we go. Gonna get there and they're gonna tell us all why, you know, lure me in with a low price and then, you know, hike it up when I get in there. Um, you know, honestly, it's not not it's not like that. Um, the problem with implants and, and you know implant surgery, it's not like a replacement of implants. It's got to be a from price because number one, there's different types of implants. Broadly speaking, there's you know pretty much two types really. I, I guess silicone and polyurethane. And polyurethane are more expensive than silicone, so that's one reason why there's two prices. Um, but the other reason. If you're having change of implants, if someone says, oh, I want a change of implants, it's capsulectomy. Capsulectomy. So scar tissue around the implant is a capsule. Everybody's got a capsule. Everybody with implants in has got a capsule. And when you change implants, you might have to do something to that capsule. 
and probably the you know the biggest thing is a total capsulectomy remove all of the capsule and that's quite a big op it's not quite you know you're not just taking the implants putting a new one in which obviously is not a massive op you usually need to do something to the capsule sort of to adjust the capsule to accommodate the new implant if you're downsizing the implant you might want to close the, the pocket down a bit because you don't want the implant falling into the armpit falling laterally uh, you want to keep it sort of medially keep it where the cleavage is and if you're upsizing implants you might want to score the capsule to let it sort of expand and accommodate the new implant so they, you might have to do something to the capsule um, but uh, you might have to do a total capsulectomy now the only reason to do a total capsulectomy so there's other things i've talked about are if, you, if you're interested you're interested in the words am i getting technical oh what the heck should i anyway um if you're interested then Total capsulectomy is removing all of the capsule. Capsulotomy is scoring the capsule. Otomy means making a hole in, uh, like laparotomy. Oh, that's not helpful to you, is it? Is there an otomy word in normal? No, there's not a normal. Tracheo tracheostomy, that's ostomy. Tracheostomy, hole in a trachea. Uh, anyway, it is, okay, just is. Otomy is a hole. So it's uh, just scoring the capsule is, is capsulotomy and if you're downsizing your implant and you have to close the capsule down that's capsulorophy <laughs> you don't need to know this do you capsulorophy is sort of um closing down the pocket and stitching the capsule to the capsule that's a capsulorophy you might also do it if the inframammary fold is descended if you've got like bottoming out and the implant's gone too low you might do a capsulorophy to repair the capsule and stitch capsule to capsule again you need to be often freshen it up and stuff before you stitch it together but yeah um so you often need to do something to the capsule if you have got a capsular contracture so if your implants are hard that's the question i'd ask if you're having a change of implants and your implants are hard you've got a hard capsule there you're probably not going to want to leave that capsule behind when you change the implants because it'll still feel hard when you have a capsular contracture we say your implants go hard after five or ten years it's not strictly true it's not your implants that are going hard it's the capsule that's going hard it's the scar tissue forming around your implants when you go in there and you take the implants out the implants are fine the implants haven't gone hard it's the capsule it's the scar tissue around the implant that's gone hard not the implant itself so if you just put another implant in the same hard capsule it'll still feel hard so that would be a bad thing to do so if your implant feels hard then you need a capsulectomy and a capsulectomy is um, removing all of that scar tissue and that increases your operation quite a lot if you're just straightforward putting implants in or exchanging your implants and not doing much to the capsule you're looking at about an hour operating time give or take if you are doing a capsulectomy you're looking at about three hours to two to two and a half three hours so it's quite a bit more it's quite traumatic because you're cutting all that capsule out it becomes a much bigger operation if you are doing a capsulectomy so as i say you would only really need to do that if you were uh had a hard implant but it um, makes the operation bigger makes the risks bigger in terms of bleeding and hematoma and things like that and it makes the price bigger so that's why we say from because if you're having a capsulectomy is a lot more expensive um so answer to the question if you're having change of implants does that mean i need a capsulectomy not necessarily is the answer depends if your implants are hard yeah good uh hold on a minute what's going on here what's going on what have i missed what have i missed uh amanda's back in only that i'm looking for a ba not what you're talking about today but still always good to watch yeah am i not talking about bas today I can talk about BAs till the cows come home, Amanda. Um, yeah, but uh, no. Oh, here we go. Here's a BA question. Amanda, you're still there. We've got a BA question coming in live from Laura. Laura says, I am wondering if smooth implants have the same link to cancer and are Motiva implants safe? Right. Right, Laura. Thank you for that question. So, basically, there are risks with everything. And what Laura is talking about here is ALCL. ALCL is a type of cancer associated with breast implants. And it's quite big in the, certainly in the plastic surgery world at the moment, it's quite a big thing because 
few years ago we were like oh no you know implants don't cause cancer and it's only just come up recently in the in the last few years and the first thing i would like to say and laura has said that small link to cancer yes that small it is a small link to cancer it's a very rare cancer and it is treatable so you know the risks we take risks with everything that we do all the time and we have to balance the risks. Life is all about balancing risks. Every time we get in a car and we drive somewhere, we take a risk and we balance that risk against the benefit of driving somewhere. So um, you have to be aware of the risks, no question. And we have to tell everybody about the risks of ALCL and cancer and, and uh, what have you with implants because they are definitely there. But then you have to weigh them against the benefits you're going to get. So the risks of getting this sort of cancer is small, but it seems to be related to the texturing of the implants, the roughness of the implants. And we used to say there are no cases with smooth implants. So we used to say, um, you know, so a lot of people have gone towards smooth implants. Some countries have banned textured implants. France and Australia banned textured implants. Um, and so you might say, oh, well, smooth implants are, are good. Now, there are some cases with smooth implants now. So it's not like there are no cases for smooth implants, but there are a lot less cases with smooth implants. So your question is, have smooth implants got the same small link to cancer? No, they haven't. Smooth implants have got a much less risk of the cancer. So small smooth implants are um, much less likely to get ALCL than uh, textured or polyurethane or any sort of rough implants. Having said that, there are bad things with smooth implants, so capsular contracture, rippling, uh, non-adherence. They don't come in a teardrop shape because they just move around in the pocket. You know, smooth implants are how they first made implants. So, so the texturing and polyurethane coating were seem to seem to be an advance. So there are benefits in having texturing, but there are risks in having texturing. And ALCL is the risk or one of the risks, um, and you have to balance that against the benefits of it. So um, what? So you've got smooth implants, you've got textured implants. Now what they're bringing out now is they're bringing out implants that are called nanotextured. And this is the Motiva and a few other companies make what they call nanotexturing of implants. So what we said is like textured implants are good because they're rough and they um, the roughness of it reduces your risk of capsular contracture, increases your adherence of the, of the tissue to the to the implant. Um, so that's good thing about texturing, um, and but the bad thing was the ALCL. So smooth implants are bad because they don't uh, they've got a high risk of capsular contracture. They don't adhere, but they're good because they don't have ALCL. So the company said, "Hold on a minute, why don't we do something in between?" And that's what nano texturing is, which uh, there's a few, as I say, a few companies that do it. Micro uh, Motiva is one of them, and they are. Um, not very rough <laughs> they're still textured they're called nano texturing and when they call the nomenclature of smooth when they they have a criteria for calling a smooth implant smooth with how big the roughness of it is and the nano textured implants are below the threshold for, ca for calling something a, a textured implant so they are classified as a smooth implant but if you look at them they are a bit rough not as rough as a textured implant but also not as smooth as a smooth implant i i don't know where we are i've got to be honest with you i don't know where we are i mean for me that just seems a bit of a halfway house i'm like if smooth is good then have smooth if texture is good to have to have textured you could say nano textured is the best of both worlds you could say it's the worst of both worlds it's not as textured as a texture so it's not going to be as good in terms of adherence to the tissues and capsular contracture as a as a as a macro textured implant and it's not as smooth as a smooth implant, so it's not as good as going to be as good as in ALCL. Um, I don't know if we've got the figures on it. I haven't seen the figures on it um, as to whether it's, you know, what level of texturing is the right level of texturing. For me, I think the risk of ALCL is so small. You know, it's going skiing for a week is twice your risk of dying than your risk of having textured implants in for life. So, you know, if you see a headline, you know, implants can kill. We must stop implants. It's like having a headline saying skiing can kill. We must stop skiing. We all know that you can die when you go skiing. We all know that you can die when you go in a car. Um, but we still do it because the risk is very small and the benefit is good because we like skiing or we like 
getting places faster than not going in a car. So um, that's where I am. So in answer to your question, yes, smooth implants are less likely to cause a cancer. And, you know, and you say Motiva, are they safe? I mean, what does safe mean? I mean, there are risks with any surgical procedure. There's an anesthetic, there's risks of infection, there's risk of capsule contracture, needing revisions, needing changes. So all implants have got these risks, but in pure terms of the ALCL, the risk is less with the smoother implants. So smooth or nanotextured implants compared to macrotextured. Does that answer your question, Laura? Good question, and thanks for that. And Amanda, that was a BA question, so I hope that was helpful. It's going crazy here. Faye, hi, after weight loss, does my weight lo loss need to have totally stabilized before consultation? Weight loss, eight stones, seven pounds. Look at you, eight stones, seven pounds. Give it up for Faye. Let's have a, let's have a round of applause for Faye. Eight stones, seven pounds, weight loss. I know weight needs to be stable to have surgery, so don't want to waste time consulting too early. Obviously, for skin removal. That is a good question there, right there, Faye. Um, first of all, congrats. Eight stones, seven pounds. Awesome. Uh, BMI 25. Um, so the what we what I normally say to people, Faye, is that the um, we only charge for the initial consultation. So sometimes people like to have a consultation to have an idea of what's, what's uh, um, available or what could be achieved so they can have a think about things and they can decide whether surgery is right for them. Um, and if you are still on your journey in terms of weight loss or, or any other lifestyle thing that you need to get right, sometimes people come years later to have the surgery. It's not uncommon. Um, and that's fine. You don't have to pay for consultation. Just come back years later. So it's fine to come if you're not ready for surgery. But at the same time, you might say, well, there's no point because I don't want to get my hopes up or what have you. So there's no answer to it. It's totally up to you whether you come now or not. But that's one of the reasons we just charge for the initial consultation, because if you're not ready and you need to come back in six months or a year, you don't have to pay again. You just come back as, as often as you want. Certainly in terms of surgery, I, don't know, I think your question implies this. You do realize that you're Ideally, your weight has to be stable before surgery um, because you don't want to have weight loss after surgery. I've got to say, having a weight loss of eight stone seven pounds with a BMI of 25, have you got much weight to lose, Faye? Because you, you you know, you make the point that it's stable. It's got to be stable, it's got to be something you're comfortable with. So um, you know, you don't want to go crazy on it. You don't want to be, you know, we have this sort of you may know yourself in terms of weight loss and uh and what have you have a sort of catabolic state and an anabolic state. A catabolic state is when your body is breaking down and that's when you're losing weight. You're um, taking in fewer calories than you're ex expending. So your body is catabolic, it's breaking down. That's why you're losing weight. And that is not a great way to be if you're having surgery. You don't want to be in a catabolic state because you've got wounds to heal and everything. So you want to be in an anabolic state, in a in a healthy state, sort of building up, not putting on weight, but you know, you want to be in a healthy state. You don't really want to be losing your weight too much, Faye. Um, but um, come and have your consultation at any time. And uh, if you're not ready for surgery, you need time to uh, lose more weight or get yourself ready, then by all means, come back six months, a year, two years, whatever later. But um, it'd be perfectly fine to have a consultation anytime. Olivia's here, everyone, so we can start uh, start the party because Olivia's here. Nice to see you, Olivia. Laura, thank you for answering my question. You're very welcome, Laura. I hope I answered it all right. I hope I didn't go on too much. Um, Faye, thank you. Amanda, yeah, well, look at this. We've got love in the chat boxes. Yeah, go, Faye. Yeah, thank you. Thank you, Amanda. is bigging up Faye. Let's all big up Faye. Um, not much left. Seven pounds max. Wow. Amanda, Amanda's got a question, you see? There you go, you've got the hang of it now. How long between consultation and surgery normally? I'm looking at maybe having surgery around April. Is it too early to have a consultation? Same thing applies, Amanda. Um, to be honest with you, if you think you're having breast implants, there's quite a lot to talk about. I've just gone on about the smooth, textured, nano-textured, polyurethane, round, teardrop, under-muscle, over-muscle. Goodness me, there's a lot to go over in terms of um, breast implants and 
uh, and what have you. So I always say to people, it's always good to go over things again. So again, only have a charge for the first consultation. So, you know, you can come now or you can come in the new year if you, you know, I don't know, it's totally up to you, but it'd be very reasonable to come now. And then all of a sudden, look, you want to have surgery in April, have a think about it, things. Why don't we just see you back in January, have a think where you are and you can look at dates and stuff like that. But um, yeah, it's absolutely fine to come now. What you don't want to do is come in March, you know, leave it till March and say, look, I want to have surgery in April preferably the you know the 23rd of april you know on
Have a question not covered in today's show? Then send it over to info at styanoplasticsurgery.co.uk using the hashtag AskJJ. We'd love to hear from you.